It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. There's been a debate for about one month now, and that debate is who will be drafted number one and who will be drafted number two in the 2023 MLB draft. And now to help us swim through that, I got locked on MLB prospects and locked on pirates. And now let's jump into it as today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Create an account and use code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed with our friends over at Game Time. So now let's just jump right into it as I have Ethan Smith from Locked On Pirates and we got Lindsey Crosby from Locked On MLB Prospects. So guys, how are we doing today? How are we feeling just ahead of the draft? Doing good, man. Can't complain. The Pirates have the first overall pick for the second time in three years, and the one of them is already playing Major League Baseball and looks pretty good. So, I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying it right now. I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, this is definitely this is our Super Bowl. Unlocked MLB prospects. I mean, we are live for two hours the night of the draft. Which, if you guys want to watch that, it'll be live on both of these channels as well. But Go to Locked MLB Prospects, hit the notification bell on YouTube to be notified when we go live. We're doing the whole first round. Uh, big deal for us here. I've done a lot of uh, jumping on shows, a lot of crossovers. Glad I could give you guys a full show today because I want to get into Cruz versus Skeens. Exactly. And you know what? I mean, Ethan, I'm sure you could talk about this as well. We've talked off the record, and I think we're both kind of in the same position as of what should the Nationals and the Pirates should do come this Sunday and there's been a lot of talk of the LSU tandem with Paul Skeens and Dylan Cruz so Ethan let's kind of start off with you there what do you think the Pirates should do with that number one pick so for the longest time I was a Dylan Cruz truther I was the oh they just have to get Dylan Cruz that's it there's no other option here at all and then the more and more that I would hear outside noise and watch them play Paul Skeens is nuts, dude. The, 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 the guy is absolutely insane. Um, there's been some noise about them potentially going after Wyatt Lankford as well, Max Clark, you know, but any of those four guys I think I would be perfectly fine with, but there's not going to be too many times where you're going to see a team like the Nationals or the Pirates be able to afford a guy like a Paul Skeens in free agency or via trade just based off of how good he is. And I've even went as far as say, as he's currently constructed, he's better than any Pirates pitching prospect in their system. So I think they should go Skeens. My heart says Skeens. My gut says Skeens. But the Pirates always do something different than what all Pirates fans think they're going to do. <laughs> Lindsay, what do you think about that? Uh, I think that the, the right way to look at this, if you're the Pirates, is one, you can't really go wrong with either one of these guys, right? But the way to look at it is, what is the opportunity cost that you lose by taking the other guy, right? So if you, if, if you take Dylan Cruz at number one, 
that's a scenario where he projects to be, I think, the best. I don't do a lot of comps on the show, but I like here a stylistic thing. He reminds me of a peak Andrew McCutcheon. Like, he's never going to lead the league in home runs, but he's going to give you plus defense. He's going to be a plus offensive player, both hit tool and power tool. He can run well, all of that. Uh, It's not necessarily, like, he's not going to be MVP caliber, things like that. But if you look at Paul Skeen's, And really easy comp, and I promise I did not plan these to work out like this. Steven Strasburg is the comp for Paul Skeens. Uh, But the opportunity cost to sign a guy that good in free agency is that opportunity is not going to come for the Pirates. And it's not really going to come for the Nationals. And the Nationals have been burned a little bit by the last time you gave a contract that big to a pitcher was Steven Strasburg. And so to me, if you're going off of upside alone, Who could be the best potential pro of those two? I'm taking Paul Skeens because what he could do if he hits his 100th percentile projection is harder to replace in free agency or via trade than what Dylan Cruz would do at his 100th percentile projection. I don't think you can go wrong with either guy, but it's just if you didn't have that and you wanted to add it, what would it cost you? And I feel like you could find a guy who could give you the Dylan Cruz production at a better value than finding a guy who could give you what Paul Skeens could be. And and I think that's a really fair point because, and honestly, the comparison is pretty funny. Andrew McCutcheon is actually a great comparison that I haven't even thought of when it comes to Dylan Cruz. But I think it's, it's, as you said, they're not, he's not going to be the, he's not going to hit 50 home runs in a season. He's not going to have 130 RBIs. He's not going to steal 50 bags but he's going to be very good at just about everything he does. And then with Paul Skeens, I think you nailed it as well, both of you guys talking about how this could be the next Steven Strasburg. And as a Nationals fan, as a host of Locked On Nationals, I can fully admit that I believe Paul Skeens is the better prospect than Steven Strasburg. I just think the two pitches, the fastball and the slider, what he's been able to do this season as a full-time pitcher for the first time in his career has been incredible. So as far as the Nationals and what they should do, I think the pick should be Dylan Cruz. And I think it's just for the fact that we have these starting pitchers in place as of right now. And I know you don't really draft for needs or wants. It's you take the best player available in the draft. And I just truly believe at this moment in time, I think Dylan Cruz is still the best player here on the table for the Washington Nationals. Now, if the Pirates do decide to go with him, then – We got Paul Skeens because I don't really see anyone outside of the Nationals. They're going to take one of the LSU tandems. It's going to be Dylan Cruz or it's going to be Paul Skeens. So I think when I talk about what the Nationals should do and what the Pirates should do, it's just a tough conversation because it really just all depends on what the Pirates do. Am I right, Lindsay? Yeah, I mean, it's... I think it's very unlikely the Pirates go outside of those two guys. We've seen some conversation. They might go for Langford. They may try to do something under slot and get one of the two prepsters. But to me, it's down to Cruz or uh, or Skeens. And then Washington's taking the other guy that's there. And mm-hmm. uh, it's something, if you're, if you're Washington, you're happy you're not picking third. Because there's no reason you should uh, come out of this with a guy that's not one of those two. And either way, somebody who makes the organization better. Uh, but... I see a scenario where one of the LSU guys could fall to three, depending on what the Pirates do at one, but it's not because Washington at two does not take an LSU guy. (laughs) Yeah. 
And Ethan, I'm sure you've been watching the rumors over the last few days. Everyone's now talking about Max Clark, uh, the prepster, who's kind of a five-tool talent who could be down the line at least. And what would you think of that? Because in my opinion, there's the top two in this draft, and it's Paul Skeens and Dylan Cruz, and then there's the rest of them. So it really just depends on what does Ben Sherrington want to do? Does he want to add to the timeline of winning that the Pirates are currently projected to be on, which I would say starts next year, by adding Paul Skeens or Dylan Cruz, whose realistic ETA at the major league level is probably 2025? Yes, I'm serious about that. It's probably 2025, maybe even sooner than that. Or do you kind of do what the Tampa Bay Rays have done for so long, where you get a guy like Max Clark and throw him in there with last year's first-round pick Termar Johnson and kind of create that wave of prospects that the Tampa Bay Rays like to do where you don't see them all come up right at one time but it always seems like they're bringing some pitching prospect up that all of a sudden lights the world on fire and then it happens again the next year so it really just depends does he want to add to the current core now or does he want to build something that four or five years down the line once this core maybe is starting to slide down a little bit or get right into their prime, then you add Dylan or Dylan Cruiser, Paul Ski or not Dylan Max Clark, sorry, to that scenario alongside with like Termar Johnson, Anthony Solometo, the likes of that. And that's a fair point, because Lindsay, you covered this and you you obviously you're the host of Locked On MLB Prospects and you know kind of how this will run if these guys are healthy. Because in my opinion, like it's it's just I can't think of anything else besides Dylan Cruz or Paul Skeens going number one, and then obviously number two, whichever one is there, will go as follow. Like, is that the right decision for you? If you were the GM for both the Pirates and the Nationals, like, it's got to be Paul Skeens and Dylan Cruz, right? Uh, if you're the Nationals, I think so, yes. I think uh, it's it's a scenario where you don't necessarily have to worry so much about accumulating m- multiple pieces of talent. Like, I could see the Pirates in a scenario where, to Ethan's point, they take one of the younger guys so that they can get them under slot, save some money, and add some more prospects in that same age band and have a wave of prospects coming up like what Cincinnati did this year. But for the Nationals, really, this needs to be best possible talent we can add to the organization. Because if you look at the contributions Washington's gotten from their first round picks in the last few seasons, that's really not a ton. And this needs to be, you kind of need the slam dunk here, right? You need the infusion of a top talent. Uh, The last time Washington won, you had a couple top talents. Uh, One was drafted, one was an IFA, and as far as Harper and Soto, and then you had the drafted pitcher, in Strasburg, and that kind of keyed you into a World Series championship. Same idea. You need to get that top-tier talent so that you can be primed for the next competitive window. And I do think that Skeens and Cruz both can do that for Washington. They're in a different p- place in the rebuild and in the talent accumulation po- portion of uh, the the franchise than the, the Pirates are, where they were pretty competitive earlier in the season, and now it's about maximizing the roster to win, hopefully soon. Yeah, I think those are both uh, great points by you guys there. And before we get into, because this first segment was kind of what should these teams do. Now let's get into what these teams will do with the number one and the number two pick. But before we do that, we got to tell you guys about our friends over at Game Time. And guys, 
Have you ever been to a game last minute and you don't really have tickets or anything and you're there five minutes before the game? Let me tell you guys about our friends over at Game Time because buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful and it is never stressful because Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. As I was saying, I was there at the Nationals game just a few days ago against the Cincinnati Reds. I showed up last minute. I didn't have tickets. I went on game time, and not only did I go on game time and get some seats, I got to see the images of where I would sit just to make sure there's no obstruction in the way, and that is why I just love game time so much. And you can snag the tickets without stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And now let's get right back into the action as I am joined by, I, I am Ryan Clary from Locked On Nationals, Lindsey Crosby from Locked On MLB Prospects, and Ethan Smith of Locked On Pirates. So we kind of spent that first, first portion of today's show talking about what should the Pirates and the Nationals do with the top two picks. But now... Let's get into what the Pirates and the Nationals will do, because I do believe there is a fine line between those two things. So, Ethan, you guys got the number one overall pick. What will the Pittsburgh Pirates be doing with that number one pick? Well, what I've found interesting, and Lindsay brought this up, about kind of the smoke that goes around the number one pick. Sometimes you hear talk about certain guys that might go number one and all this other stuff. What I found interesting that I learned about these top five or six prospects is two different agents are the agents for these top five or six prospects. So what are they going to constantly do? They're going to constantly try to get one of their guys to be the number one overall pick. It's just so hard for me, and I feel like it's going to be for the Pirates, too, because this is something I said all the time, Ryan, and I I loathe you for this. The Nationals' decision in the draft is so much easier than the Pirates because, as Lindsay mentioned, you don't have that opportunity cost loss if you're the Pitt, or the Washington Nationals. The Pirates take Paul Skeens, great. We take Dylan Cruz, no questions asked. For the Pirates, you lose one of those guys. Although you get one of them, you lose one of them, too. What will they do? I do think they're not going to overthink it. A lot of people think that Ben Sherrington is going to overthink this and go under slot because that's just historically what he does. He did it with Henry Davis. He did it with Termar Johnson last year. I just don't think he overthinks this. I think he sees Paul Skeens as a almost generational pitcher, almost Garrett Cole level for the another comp in Pittsburgh. Garrett Cole worked out really well for the Pirates as a number one overall pick. Does he care about historical value? Probably not. But I do think that they're going to take Skeens. I just think they're going to value pitching. I mean, teams can never have enough pitching. They're seeing that right now. I mean, Rowanzi Contreras just got sent back down to AAA along with Luis Ortiz over the past two days. And you never draft for need in the draft, but it almost feels like taking Skeens is like a draft need at this point because Mitch Keller needs that other guy in the rotation that's going to help him. That's going to bounce off of him. And maybe even Skeens ends up being better than Mitch Keller, but I'm not going to go that far yet because he's not even on my team. But I do think that they don't overthink it here. I think they like Skeens a lot. I think they value pitching a lot. Oscar Marine would have a blast with Paul Skeens. 
So I think they're going to go skis. That's what I think they will do. You know, and that's that's an Lindsay. I know we've talked about this a lot. Mike Grizzo loves pitching. So mm-hmm. in this scenario, let's say you guys do go Max Clark or even Dylan Cruz, even though it doesn't really look like you guys will be going that route with Cruz. But if Paul Skeens is there at number two for the Nationals, Mike Rizzo is going to take him. He loves the right-handed pitcher that can throw 99 to 101, the big breaking slider. He's got a ton of stuff and just the electricity out there on the mound. People want to watch him. And really, the Lerner family, they love superstars. They want to get a superstar in this system. And I think Paul Skeens has surpassed Dylan Cruz by a landslide in that mile. I mean, everyone knows Paul Skeens nowadays. But in this situation, I do think the Pirates go Paul Skeens for what you guys said. I think this is their best opportunity to get an arm that could be the front of your rotation, kind of ace, like guy, just like you guys did with Garrett Cole back in the day. So I do think the Pirates go Paul Skeens at number one. And then I think that leaves Dylan Cruz for the Washington Nationals at number two. And this is my best possible scenario. I, I just dream about Dylan Cruz and James Wood, who's a top five prospect in a lot of different rankings that you check out. And then you have Lane Thomas, who's been in right field this year, and he has just taken a massive step up for this Nationals team. So I just feel like they cannot pass on someone like Dylan Cruz at the number two spot. And I really do think most Nationals fans looking back at this draft will like this pick. So, Lindsay, what do you think about that? Ethan has Paul Skeens going number one. I got Dylan Cruz going number two. What are your thoughts? It feels that's probably what's going to happen to me. And when and Ethan mentioned the agent. Scott Boris is the agent for Dylan Cruz. And so the first thing I think about is the relationship that Scott Boris has with the Washington Nationals. And he's gotten guys paid there before, things like that. So what I envision happening is Paul Skeen's going number one. It's not full slot, but it's close. So the slot value is $9.7 million. It's probably something like nine point five. You know, something close to it, not necessarily full, but pretty close. And then Dylan Cruz goes number two and probably gets an overslot bonus that may actually end up being more than Paul Skeens. He's probably the highest paid player in this draft. And so Skeens to the Pirates, who I think could be competitive in a major league bullpen at the end of the year this year if they needed him. In this case, you probably won't shut him down. Let him work on that transition to a five days uh, to a pitching every five days next year. Dylan Cruz forms a fantastic tandem, like you said, with James Wood. It also helps the Nationals because you've seen some of these Nationals prospects, uh, Robert Hassel in particular, Elijah Green in particular, get downgraded a little bit recently because of swing and miss concerns and things like that. So this gives them another high ceiling, high confidence choice. And so Skeens won, uh, number two, Dylan Cruz. That's what we did in our Locked in Movie Prospects mock, which dropped on Thursday. And that's the one consistent rumor that we've heard over the last 48 hours is that Dylan Cruz might not be the choice at number one. And so Skeens at one, Cruz at two is what I have. I think that's pretty consensus amongst the three of us is that's mm-hmm. probably the most likely scenario. We just don't know if that's what's actually going to happen or not. <laughs> Yeah, and I agree with that. But, Lindsay, I do want to ask you this one question concern because, I mean, I think this goes into a, a lot of the MLB draft picks come this come this Sunday, mm-hmm. is that Dylan Cruz, all the rumors have been saying that he's going to be demanding $10 million no matter where he goes. 
do you see him landing that $10 million or do you see a team saying like, no, you're going to get slot. I, I do think Dylan Cruz goes above slot no matter what, but yeah, $10 million signing bonus. It seems like a lot. I don't necessarily think he gets an extra million out of the nationals. Uh, that slot value is like 8.998 million. I, I, I do think he ends up getting more than skeins if he goes to. Mm-hmm. So whatever skeins gets at a couple, you know, add $100,000 to that minimum, and that's what he's getting. So it kind of depends on what the Pirates sign him for. But I do feel like he is the highest-paid player out of the draft. Whether it's $10 million or not even, I don't necessarily know. It depends on how hard the Nationals want to push back on that because the pool's $14 million. If you're $14.5 million. If you give 10 to one guy, you're a million dollars over slot. That's the difference in a fourth-round pick, like getting or not getting that guy. And so it forces you to be a lot more... Uh, aggressive towards seniors later in the draft to make that work. So I don't know if he hits 10, but I do think Cruz is the highest paid player in the draft. And if Skeens gets full slot, that's probably the only way Cruz gets 10, simply because he's going to be over Skeens. We, we, we all essentially know that. And I agree with that. And guys, the Nationals and the Pirates both play today. You can catch the Nationals at 7.05 Eastern time against the Texas Rangers, which is always kind of fun to get to play the AL West here. So you can catch both those games and every hometown pitch of the Washington Nationals over on SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Nationals there. And now, guys, let's just kind of debrief a little bit and really just kind of narrow down, in my opinion, which and which our opinion, it sounds like, what should happen at number one and number two. As far as, and, and Lindsay, let's start off with you here. Taking Dylan Cruz or Paul Skeens are both of these guys, because my expectation is that these guys will be in the majors by 2024, to be honest. Yeah, uh, Paul Skeens is definitely a guy who I think second half of next year provided the transition to a five to a five day rotation versus once a week goes well. He's a candidate for a late 2024 call up to get a taste for a 2025 Rookie of the Year race. Dylan Cruz is probably just as fast, and he's somebody I'm probably, when he gets signed, uh, I'm probably putting him, if I have him continue playing, which I think they should, I'm probably putting him in high A right away and bumping him up to double A at the end of the year. The The way the, the minor league seasons work is every level ends a week before the level above it. And so you can take a guy, you can have him in high A, he can, when that season ends, he can go to double A for a week, and then if they're in the postseason, he can stay. If they're not in the postseason, he can then go to triple A for a week. I think Cruz is a guy, high A, into double A, the end of the season, and then next year, the plan should be double A, triple A, with an idea of, for both of them, get them in the majors for the final month, keep them under the rookie threshold, and give them a Rookie of the Year race in 2025. But these guys should be able, assuming they make the the conversion okay, they should be able to be up by the end of the year next year. Ethan, what do you think about the Pirates and whoever they take number one? Do you think this is someone, if they do go Paul Skeens or Dylan Cruz, do you think this is someone that you'll be seeing in the majors by fall of 2024? More than likely, yeah. I mean, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't. Now, obviously, the one thing with being a Paul Skeens truther that everybody gets worried about is that wonderful surgery that happens to a lot of these young pitchers. I don't think that's something that he'll have to deal with in the near future. Maybe 
two, three, four years down the line. Um, but I agree with Lindsay 100%. I think if you take Skeens, you're shutting him down this year for a good portion of it, letting him get adjusted to a five-day uh, five or every five days pitching thing. That way he can kind of ramp down a little bit. Same thing with Dylan Cruz. I think both of them will start in double A in 2024. That's what my expectation would be. Then probably a pretty quick call up to triple A. And then as Lindsay said, bring them up when you get the two extra roster spots in September, let them do their thing, get a like cup of coffee with it. And then 2025 ramp up spring training. Boom. They're a full part of your team in 2025, which goes back to the point I was making again about either Steens or Cruz. By 2025, this Pirates team is an NL Central contender. I have no doubt in my mind. I think that starts next year. So why would you not want to bring in a guy like Steens or Dylan Cruz that can help you in your pursuit of a division title and potentially a run at the World Series for free? I mean, quite literally for free. You have to do nothing except call their name on a podium to make it happen. I think those are great points, as you said, because I, I truly do believe whichever one the Nationals do add at number two overall, I kind of share the same sentiment. Now, while I think that is a little aggressive with the NL East, the NL East is loaded with the Atlanta Braves, the New York Mets, the Philadelphia Phillies, and then who knows, there's some guy named Shohei Otani who's a free agent this year, and I I have the, PTSD from any of those teams signing him. <laughs> the disrespect to mention the Mets is competitive and not talk about the Marlins. That's The true. Marlins <laughs> are more competitive than the Mets right now. The Pirates have a better record than the Mets, if I'm not mistaken, right now, right? Yeah. Well, yes, that is true. And, They're and actually a game York. behind them. But even then, as a Nationals fan, let me let me just get to this real quick with the Mets, is that they spend all the money in the world. Like, yeah. I am still, in my head... I still view them as a contender. Like I, I could see them turning this ship around, and I don't really think they're going to be sellers. Maybe they send off Max Scherzer at the deadline, but I, I don't really see them selling it off. If anything, I could see them even buying a piece, depending on the price and depending on who that is. But that's that's a separate conversation for a separate day. But you're right. I did just disrespect the Miami Marlins because they got some guys. They got some guys on that team. They're, but, better, uh, they're 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 better than the Mets are right now. Better than the Mets by far. <laughs> I just the the Marlins are like the little brothers of the NL East. They've been that yeah. way for so long, but they have gotten really good. And I really love the way Jorge Soler has been playing, and Luis Arias has been as well. So thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals, Locked On Pirates, and Locked On MLB prospects your first listen every day. As I'm sure it's a Friday. But I know both these guys will be covering the MLB draft as who will it be? Dylan Cruz at number one or it'll be Paul Skeens at number one and whoever else is left. The Nationals will take at number two. So, Lindsay, Ethan, I appreciate you guys. This was a lot of fun. And all right, with that said, we'll catch you guys on the flip side. We'll hear you on Monday. And maybe and just maybe the Nationals and the Pirates We'll have their franchise player right after Sunday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.